In 2012, Massachusetts voters approved a ballot measure legalizing the medical use of marijuana, and dispensaries are now being set up to provide marijuana to patients around the state. But as it did in the late 1990s when California passed the country's first medical marijuana law, the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration has been making it difficult for physicians to assist in getting marijuana to patients in Massachusetts. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with George Annis, Professor of Health Law, Bioethics, and Human Rights at the Boston University School of Public Health. Professor Annis has written a perspective article on medical marijuana, physicians, and state law. Professor Annis, the DEA is empowered to revoke the DEA registrations of physicians who have formal ties with medical marijuana dispensaries, given the drug's classification as a Schedule I drug, which is defined as one with no medical use and a high potential for abuse. Can you tell us a bit about the history of that classification and what the politics of reclassifying marijuana have been? Well, it's always been classified as a Schedule I drug since scheduling began in 1970. And the reasons for that were just, it just got lumped with the anti-drug people with heroin, LSD, and and any so-called drugs of abuse without, you know, there was no medical literature on this. There was nothing that could suggest one was as dangerous as the other or has no medical use. So it kind of just happened. There were no real supporters of marijuana at the time. And once it got there, there's just general inertia. It's very hard to move a drug off of Schedule One, even though there have been proposals to do it for the last 30 years. And whenever there are hearings on it, the hearing officer has virtually always found that essentially medical marijuana is, if not harmless, at least certainly not in the category of heroin or LSD. But science hasn't mattered at all on this issue. It's all been politics, and it's very difficult for Congress to vote in favor of marijuana, apparently. And as you note in your perspective article, state law can't change federal law. But increasing numbers of states are passing medical marijuana laws and now even recreational marijuana laws. Are there other areas where we have comparable clashes between state and federal law? How do these things tend to play out? Well, when there are clashes, if the federal government has jurisdiction or authority in an area, the federal government wins if the state law either frustrates that exercise of federal authority or is just simply inconsistent with it. In this case, the argument's been made that they're really not that they can both be used, that the federal government doesn't have to exert its authority in this area, even though it has it. And so the argument's been made that The feds, especially the DEA, should lay off, at least lay off of doctors in states that have medical marijuana laws, because that's not the kind of thing that the DEA was set up to deal with, which is regulating the practice of medicine. That's purely a state issue, and there's no real evidence that this is harmful to people. In fact, it could possibly be beneficial to people. But you're right, states can't change federal law, and the president and the attorney general can instruct their DEA to vigorously enforce federal law and to the extent of at least discouraging physicians from becoming involved in dispensaries. They don't have the authority to discourage physicians from discussing marijuana with their patients or telling their patients what the benefits and risks of marijuana. That's protected by the First Amendment. So in that regard, you describe in your article the experience in California in the late 1990s, early 2000s as physicians secured that right to recommend that their patients try marijuana for pain, nausea, symptoms associated with side effects. What's the current state of DEA physician relations in California? They've basically laid off of physicians, and they're concentrating their 
efforts on large dispensaries primarily, where they would argue that they are actually engaged in the business of trafficking in marijuana. So, And obviously that is a DEA strong point. But the Justice Department, at least since Obama's been president, has taken the position that as long as people act consistently with their state law, they're not going to be targeted for prosecution. It's not that they could never be prosecuted, but they're not high-priority prosecution targets for the DEA. They're always under the shadow, though, because, again, DEA policy could change if the attorney general changes his mind. Or when we get a new president, the new president could change enforcement policy as well. So it's problematic for people, at least who are running marijuana stores or dispensaries. And as you say, in Massachusetts, the DEA's threats have been related to physicians serving as medical officers, board members of those marijuana dispensaries. Do physicians in other states with legal medical marijuana have similar roles, or is this a new issue? You know, I don't know the answer to that. I haven't done a survey. That's a great question. My guess is the DEA operates similarly across the country, even though they are, they're regionalized and they're obviously people from local DEA offices. But Historically, the DEA has not bothered physicians outside of marijuana, except where it sees a pattern of doctors actually selling drug prescriptions for drugs like methadone to patients who they don't do a physical exam on, don't take a medical history, but literally just sell drug prescriptions. And of course, doctors shouldn't be doing that. And it's hard to fault the DEA for trying to shut those doctors down. You note in your article that the New York Times editorial board has advocated that the federal government repeal the ban on marijuana and leave regulation entirely up to the states. Do you think that would be a productive move? Oh, I think that'd be a very productive move, yes. It would clarify a lot of things and give us a chance to have states like Washington and Colorado have actually legalized recreational marijuana to see how that works out, to see if it really is a terrible thing, a good thing, or just has neutral benefits, but at least one benefit it could have is reducing the number of people in our prisons and jails who are there for just simple possession of drug crimes, which no one thinks makes a lot of sense. I think that would be a really good idea. It'll be a long time before Congress does that, if Congress ever does that, which is why the medical marijuana issue is essentially much more important. Not that it's more important in reality, but symbolically it's very important because In this case, we're going to get not just two states, but a majority of states legalizing medical marijuana very soon. And we've already seen Congress, the House of Representatives, at least pass a law, which the Senate hasn't acted on yet, which forbids the Justice Department and the DEA from using any funds to enforce marijuana laws in states that have medical marijuana statutes that where doctors and dispensaries are just following state law. So... That, in effect, doesn't change federal law, but it makes federal law essentially unenforceable in those states, which is, I think, the next step. That's what's going to happen next. There's a tension between the purported benefits of marijuana as a medication and questions about possible adverse effects for recreational users. What do you think the appropriate legal approach would be to, first, expanding research on both types of use, and second, regulating use in a socially beneficial way? obviously important questions. And the problem, just even imposing them, is that there's virtually no data on this because it's DEA and even the FDA have not let 
researchers really do any research on the use of marijuana, even the use of marijuana for illnesses. We have a lot of anecdotal information, and the Institute of Medicine has suggested as well that it seems to be beneficial for people who have a variety of illnesses, serious illnesses. But again, the data is not good. We're in an era of evidence-based medicine, and yet we have the situation with marijuana where we can't get the evidence. So it seems to me that the only way we can find this out is to track what happens in these states. And final question, coming back to Massachusetts, do you have any predictions about how the rollout of the medical marijuana system in the state will proceed from here? I think it's going to be rocky. I mean, I think that the Massachusetts Medical Society has never been in favor of medical marijuana and still isn't. They're not going to stand in the way of the law, obviously, but they're not great supporters. And physicians don't want to deal with the DEA at all, even if they know they're going to win and believe what they're doing is right. Physicians as a group just don't want to do this. So it may be confined to a small number of physicians who just decide that this is what they want to do. I personally would not like to see prescribing medical marijuana as being a medical specialty. I would hope that it would be something physicians did only to a few of their patients and the ones they thought could really benefit from it, rather than having physicians just do medical marijuana. Thank you, Professor Annis.